Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Jen Hemphill. Jen, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Excellent. Let's do this. Jen is an accredited financial counselor, a money confidence coach, and the host of the Her Money Matters and Sudanero and Porto podcast. She's also a speaker and a successful author. I'm excited to have you on. Jen, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. Well, thank you so much, George, for having me on the podcast. I'm excited to do this. And a little bit about me. I'm, uh, as you mentioned, I'm a money confidence coach. I basically focus on helping women uh, in the financial education piece, basically making money simple. And, uh, and so they can win with their money. So just so they can manage money with ease. And that's, that's not to say that money, how we do money or, or what we need to do with our money varies by gender, right? It's the same <laughs> how we have to manage the money, but how we think and how we perceive and that is different between males and females. So I focus on just making it simpler. It's, it's just more of a woman's perspective on money. Fair enough. Well, I definitely want to get back. I definitely want to get into some of the the, the differences that that you've experienced uh, between men and women when it comes to money. Um, I was looking on your website, which I really enjoyed. There's a ton of great information, and one of the um, one of the statements was that money mindset is the foundation to your success. So, I wanted to to sort of start with that. Sure, sure. So that is a piece that I definitely focus on because with one thing that I didn't mention is how I teach is more of a holistic approach. Uh, What we're used to hearing when, well, you and I know that financial education, we have a long ways to go. It's out there, but in the schools, it's not there enough. And, but when we do hear, or when we are taught financial education, it's just basically, it comes to save more, spend less and get get out of debt, right? That's essentially the messages that we hear day in and day out when we're taught money. (laughs) What we're missing is the mindset piece, because if you think about it, when we grow up, we have all have some sort of experience around money. It can be positive, negative, a combination of the both, and it impacts uh, how we perceive money and how we think about money, whether we fear money, whether we are we have a scarcity mindset, whether we have an abundant mindset. So it's important to understand how you grew up around money, because in my opinion and in my experience, I, I strongly feel that those skills that we're taught uh, when we are taught and you know, how to budget and how to save, how to invest, uh, those things, it's an important piece, but it's just a small piece of the puzzle. Whether, whereas for me, it's like I talk about this in my book, where there's three components of what I call the money headquarters and those money skills, which is how to budget and how to save, that's about 10%. 10% of those of that money headquarters, whereas the mindset, how we think about money, our money stories uh, are about 60%. And money actions are, uh, is the remainder where money actions, some of it is talking money, which we don't do, <laughs> right? right. We, you and I are, sure. but in general. So it's a piece that uh, is, uh, we don't think about maybe in entrepreneur space, we talk about more, 
mindset because we do more of a, a lot of a personal development, but in the nine to five world, we don't really necessarily hear uh, about money mindset or mindset in general. And I, I, I totally agree with, with everything you just said, and it's music to my ears, certainly. Um, why do you suppose it is that that the mainstream is just, it's focused on, for lack of a better number, that 10% and does not spend a lot of time on the other 90, the mindset and then the actions? I think because we're behind on what is, you know, really what should be in financial education, because we just think the traditional stuff, right? Uh, The skills. And I think it's just a matter of uh, really shifting uh, our, for lack of a better word at the moment, our mindset as to what is really important, right? Because right now we just think that if we save more and we spend less and we get out of debt, all is good, but not necessarily because we can be miserable. We could, because maybe we're just, uh, cause I know for me on our early part of my marriage, I was, I grew up with a scarcity mindset where my parents always, I always heard we don't have the money. We, we can't afford it. So into my adulthood, I knew I was going to work and have more money. But because of that, in the back of my mind, because I didn't recognize it, I was this became this frugal person and not frugal to like, there's nothing wrong with being frugal, but more of a hoarder in the sense of not items <laughs> necessarily. Sure. But I, I've had a fear of spending on what's not considered a necessity. Right. So it was so in our marriage that put a dent in things because uh, my husband was brought up in the mindset you work to make money so you can enjoy life. Right. Mm-hmm. And in my view, I was like, yeah, you work to make money, but you got to save. Right. All of it. <laughs> but you, you know, you, <laughs> right. Right. All of it. So that's no way to live. And I think and I was the one that, you know, I'm the one that has read those personal finance books. Right. And that's what so I was more and I've. I've progressed, right? I'm just like by the, I've been such a by the book person, but sometimes you have to think for yourself, right? Because really when we read those personal finance books and when we hear personal finance experts speak, they're speaking to the masses, right? And the only expert in you and your personal finance situation is you because they don't know all the factors and considerations in your life, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And if we've not taken the time to really explore and dive into that previous experience with money to understand how it informs and how it impacts our current um, attitudes and mindset with money, then, you know, to your point, everything you've been talking about, I don't think that we've done a complete enough job. So, right. And I, it, it's I, so again, completely agree. And it's certainly you know, although there's a lack of, of financial education, I think it's getting better and better. I think that most people intellectually understand, yeah, I should probably be be spending less than I make and I probably should be saving money. Just like I know that I probably shouldn't be eating cheeseburgers and fries for every meal and I should probably exercise a little bit. But it's that whole behavioral thing. Um, exactly. What, why Why is it that, that so many Americans struggle with money, do you think? Or am I asking the same question? That why? No. Oh, I, I think it's a little different. It's it's because I think, I mean, we know what we need to do, just like you said, and you struck on it. You, we know what we need to do, but why aren't we doing it? 
And that's what we don't we don't dive into. Or if we start thinking about it, we have the sense of overwhelm or we have anxiety, you know, hmm. some anxiety come up on us and we don't deal with that. But it's just a matter or, or we have that fear. Right. So we just it's a matter of just addressing it, because if we don't address it and it's not a if we don't address it now and at least get it down on paper and sometimes just the power of pen or pencil to paper just it just kind of alleviates what you have inside you right just getting it out yeah and uh if we don't address that now it's good i mean we're not gonna we're not gonna progress right so it's just a matter of really diving deep into and it's not there's no like rigid way to do this. There's not a lot, no, I mean, maybe other people in the world of psychology or behavioral psychology have a better, I'm not in that world. I mean, I, uh, but, but it's just a matter of asking yourself some simple questions, like, uh, or as looking, reflecting, I talk about your money stories in the book, your past, present and future. So your past is just basically how you grew up around money, what you saw, what you heard, right. And writing what that is, and then your present money story is what is, you know, what are your thoughts and perceptions? How do you feel about money? What comes up when a bill is comes due or uh, some unexpected uh, expense comes? Like what happens now? And you have to, and you want to compare that past money story to the present. Because if we're not acknowledging that past money story, chances are those things that don't serve us, we are repeating that cycle. Right. So we have to address that and see, OK, what is that present money story uh, looks like in comparison to the past? And then our future money story is where we want to improve. Like, how do we want to feel about money? Right. Because people, if I ask when I've done workshops and spoken, if I ask who here is excited to look at the bank account, no one says a word. <laughs> or if everybody's it, sitting it is, on their just, hands. Just a couple. Yeah. Just, just a couple people because it's one money's taboo to talk about and and uh it's just not something that people get excited about because there's a lot of fear and overwhelm and anxiety whatever's going on in their financial lives so that future money story is more related to how do i want to feel about money what do i want my life to look like i'll really i think that that's it's it's such great stuff and I think it's also super important to help people to understand that this is not a super complicated process or a super painful process that you need to engage in. It really is just asking the questions. When you were growing up, what did you see with money? What what did you hear with money? Start there and, and, and progress through those questions you just went through. And if you actually take the time mm-hmm. and put pen to paper, I think that that'll have a positive impact for the rest of your life, just taking 10 minutes to do that. So so important. Right. And I think it's important to write it down because we can answer those questions in our mind, but it's better just to get out on paper. And I was one of those people that really rebelled against that <laughs> at the beginning. Why sure. I have the answer in my mind, <laughs> but so there's some power or some clarity that you gain as you write it, right? Cause you start writing and you have, it, it's, interesting what formulates and what progresses from there because you start it just involves more it really as you write down you get more clarity it's 100 percent true i know that the i i don't know the statistics but i know that there's a huge disparity between people that have no goals people that have goals but haven't written them down and then the people that actually have goals and mm. have written them down uh, it exponentially Correct. increases our, our chances of, of of getting there uh there's this uh this great 
a really powerful speaker named Mel Robbins. I don't know if you're familiar with Mel or not. Mm-hmm. But yeah. She's got this great, yeah. I think it's a TED Talk or just a, a talk, but she talks about the F word and it's, it's the F word is fine. <laughs> and it's I'm fine, uh-huh. I'm fine. And it keeps us sort of in the same uh the same rhythms or the same ruts if, if, if they're negative and it stops people from really getting to where they want to be. I think that's a lot of what you were talking about. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Would, would, would love to, um, would love to dig into a little bit about, about budgeting, because I also think that's something that people really don't enjoy doing myself included. Um, (laughs) uh, and I'm grateful that, that, that my wife, takes takes care of our budget and, and make sure we go through it on a consistent basis um, but just I, I, I know that you work um, around the budgeting quite a bit so I'd love to love to talk about that mm-hmm. sure well with budgeting one thing I tell people is your budget is just a piece of what you need to carry out your financial goals to manage your money so your budget essentially is the tool so it's a plan for your money that's where all you put all your numbers Uh, And then you also need a system that is actually because the budget, you put the numbers in and then if you don't implement them, right, so if you don't do anything with them, it's not going to do you any good. So really the system is what puts that budget into action. So the system is more of, for example, there's that cash envelope. Uh, I do a lot of virtual envelopes, which is different accounts, which is very similar to the cash just Uh, in virtual accounts, or just a combination of the two. So how are you going to manage your money? I mean, there are apps where you can uh, have those virtual envelopes, um, but I'm more of a fan of separating that money physically because it's easier to track. Um, But I'm a visual person, so it's easier for me to track Mm -hmm. that way versus adding up uh, I'm, I'm about efficiency as well versus sure. taking all the receipts and looking through them and adding up, okay, this was for groceries and this was for household items. Oh my goodness. That's just, <laughs> <laughs> that's a little crazy. So really uh, with budgeting, it's important to know it's a tool, but it also needs a system to work it. And the other part that I always talk about that I think is important because a big mistake that people make with their budget is, um, is the system piece where in this, for example, especially with the non-monthly ex- expenses. So we all are good uh, for the most part at paying the bills, right? We get your income and uh, we get our income and we pay the bills. Our, those fixed bills that we get month after month or even groceries that can vary from month to month, we're good, pretty much good at that, right? But it's those uh, non-monthly expenses. So, so let's say Christmas gifts, uh, travel, uh, or uh, I've got kids, so there's sports, right, or camps, uh, things of that sort, clothing, haircuts that we just kind of spend, but we really need to account for that in the budget. And some people do. They put it in the budget, but then it stays in the budget, which means it doesn't get implemented. (laughs) So I'm a big fan of separating those non-monthly expenses. So figuring out how much approximately are you spending on gifts or clothing or haircuts. And it doesn't have to be perfect because the other keys to this, when you budget, you need to be flexible for yourself. It takes time. Life happens. Life changes. We have to tweak it. And that's just the ever ending thing with the budget. It's not going to stay this, remain the same all the time. So I'm a big fan of figuring out what those non-monthly expenses are dividing it approximately, dividing it by a monthly number, 
seeing how that fits into your cash flow, so your income and how it fits with all your expenses and your income. And then from there, you separate it out. So you can have what's called a reserve account. Uh, you can have, however, you know, I have different accounts for different things. So the gift has its own account. The travel has its own account. Obviously, emergency savings has its own account. Uh, but other people might be comfortable with putting the gifts and the clothing and the haircuts and those type of things in one account. So those things I think are very uh, critical uh, when budgeting is one, knowing that it's just it's a tool, it's a plan for your money. Two, you need a system, which is whether uh, a cash envelope system, depending on if you're more accountable to yourself with cash, a virtual envelope system, a combination of the two. And three, to make sure that you really incorporate those non-monthly expenses and that you're setting that aside because what happens is that when you go like Christmas, that's why people end up getting into credit card debt over Christmas is that they they're not necessarily putting that money aside throughout the year so but the income is going to you know depending right let's say generally it stays the same but it's over Christmas time what the expenses are going to exceed their normal income but if you are setting that money aside you're not disrupting from the other bills that you have to pay got it nice I think that that's excellent advice, and, and yes, it is a living, breathing thing that needs to be looked at and, and, and watched after and, and updated and everything else. So, um, Absolutely. And confidence. What, uh, how, how does confidence fit into all this? That is it's a, a big part. So confidence, we can have confidence in different areas of our life. Um, but if we and I know, and this is in general terms, so for the women listening, if you're very confident on money, don't throw anything at me. But in general, women tend to be not as confident around money matters, right? Uh, so confidence is going to set you back because that also, when you're not confident, that also plays into your mind, right? So, oh, I fear or I'm not good enough with budgeting or I'm not a good saver or I impulse spend too much or I each time I see Starbucks, somehow I'm in there spending, uh, uh, buying another cup of coffee. I'm not, you know, I'm not good at this, right? So if you don't have that confidence, then you're going to set yourself back. Uh, so confidence is, you know, things that you can do for confidence is, uh, taking action. When you take action, you, you see progress, that boosts confidence. If you surround yourself with like-minded people, that helps com- with your confidence levels. If you listen to podcasts like yours uh, or read blog posts or read um, books that are finance-related, that also helps you boost your confidence. Nice. Yeah, I t- totally agree. I think that confidence could be a superpower for people, so it's so important. Absolutely. Well, Jen, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? The, my favorite tip of all time that is such a huge hit with my audience and clients is to celebrate money wins. And the reason why uh, I always really hone in, you've got to celebrate money wins, is because we get so stuck sometimes on the day-to-day actions. Like, I, I don't know about you, Greg, but I know – I live by checklists <laughs> and I, there's sure. that power when I mark something off, I'm like, Ooh, that feels so good. And, but if what we, what happens tends to happen is we look at our checklist, whether it's 
money related or not. And at the end of the day, we focus on like what we didn't get done, right? So let's say it translates into financial life. Oh, we didn't save money this week. And that's what stays in our mind versus thinking about what you did do well. So money, and so it's always good to celebrate money wins. So money wins can be whether save, it can be directly or indirectly related to money. So it can be about, oh, this, you've been saving money for uh, the past three months in a row where before it was just sporadic, or it can be you had a great conversation with your spouse that did not end in an argument. Uh, another money win can be obviously paying off some debt, uh, those type of things, or maybe that you stuck to your budget or that you actually found a budgeting tool <laughs> that you liked, uh, things of that sort. But those, that's really important to do is to keep track of that money win, because when you need a confidence booster, you can look at that list of money wins that you've been tallying up. Uh, writing down and it's just so it's just an instant boost because you know what you automatically think I've done all this I, I've got this well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets it come on come on and Jen thank you so much for coming on where can Savage Nation learn more about you sure and thank you for having me simply at jenhemphill.com excellent well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jen your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to jenhemphill.com. And like I mentioned earlier, she has a ton of great stuff on the site. There's a lot of great resources. Um, so definitely check that out. Thank you again, Jen. Thank you for having me. You have a good one. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!